highlight of the game, and I think yours, I, I assume yours personally, was that the Redskins ran and successfully executed a fade for a touchdown. And I think bending and not breaking is a sound philosophy for this solid Washington defense that put up another shutout third quarter and you need to start respecting. That's all I'm going to say about that. Flaming tire fire of a defense based mainly on hope and luck. Next week will be the epic clash of the pods. I know. And, and it's a Monday night too, right? Oh, is it? I think so. <laughs> I love how nervous you got. Just like adding that elegant. Wait, what? what I... Are you sure about that? Ugh. Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast with the man behind Burgundy Blog, Brent. And me, your host and producer, Sports Channel 8's Hayes Permar. Brent, it was a 27-22 victory. Redskins over the Eagles. A division win. A big win for playoff position. And give, give me your one word to describe it. I've got one word, four letters, W-H-E-W. Whew! Uh, a relief. All right, and he's going with the, uh, is that onomatopoeia, whew, as a word? I think Yeah, it's actually, of... I don't even know how you're t- it's supposed to pronounce that. Did I get it right? I believe it's officially a word now because, it, yeah, I think it's whew. It's, I think it's the sound of relief. So more more than uh, more than triumph, you felt relief on this one? Relief for uh, just barely eking out the win and and just sort of barely clinging to um, legitimate playoff viability. Yeah, relief to still be in that picture because losing another game would have really, really dimmed the hopes. But I think sort of a, a win buoys them in, in a great way. What were your uh, bright spots in, in the victory? How did Washington get it done? Uh, I think my biggest bright spots were Deshaun Jackson and his much-anticipated return to Philly. Uh, He put on a pretty nice show. Um, We'll talk, I'm sure, at least a little about Cousins. I thought overall he was pretty good, although there was was the return of his um, previously uh, inevitable one major boneheaded play per game. Uh, Official name for the Cousins boneheaded pick of the game. Yeah, I don't know if we have one yet. Maybe it's a cuz bone. Yeah, a cuz bone. There it is. A star is But, born. but, I think we would be remiss not to identify as probably the highlight of the game. And I think yours, I, I assume yours personally, was that the Redskins ran and successfully executed a fade for a touchdown. Hold on. But football purists are debating. Was that truly a fade? It was a, it was a delayed fade, right? <laughs> I think a fade is a fade, my man. I don't know. I, the, the fade that, that I hate so much is the, you know, the all. Now, I realize there's some reading at the line that you're doing, but, but it's the, you know, complete just disregard for every other person on the field, and I'm throwing it to this guy no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think there's at least an element of the delayed fade where yeah. maybe he was going to go somewhere else, but when they jumped off the line and he saw his man. So I'm not willing to, to give it pure fadeness. And even if it was a fade, <laughs> at least as we said, it, it was not to a smaller receiver. It was mm-hmm. to one of the bigger receivers. So mm-hmm. um, that was big. One thing but, I like about- but Gruden was feeling himself afterward in the presser. He brought it up. Did you see that? 
No, it did not. He said something like, hey, hey, we ran the fade again. Did you catch that? In other words, you smell me? Yeah, okay, okay. But here's what I don't like about that is that means the last time they ran it and it didn't work, he was probably thinking the same damn thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's the shit I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to hear that. No, screw that. <laughs> I agree. I'm not celebrating his response. I think it's pretty clear he was going to pound that thing down our throats until one worked so he could say, told you so. Now, as a podcast, we're absolutely celebrating him saying that in the post game and allowing us to talk about it and just making it <laughs> a thing. Well, I had a nice little exchange with Dan Steinberg last week, armed with the information. I love when I do this. I, like, learn something from you in the course of doing this podcast, and then I go and spin it off as to being some, like, Washington <laughs> guru. Like when somebody I saw else- it. I saw it. I know what you're talking about. It was good. I totally stole your he- – yeah, he had that great headline. It was like, oh, God, the Redskins called another – uh, fade and I was like great headline and he was like well it should have said to Deshaun Jackson and I threw the coming out of a timeout which I could definitely <laughs> would have picked up on he was impressed with that you said he's like oh yeah you know so he will yeah. definitely write another article this week about the the one that the one that worked yeah and that's what's cool I mean and that's why Stein is good at what he does is is finding the the stories that resonate with fans beyond just the the, the game yeah um uh, well, okay, one thing I love about Cousins, and I think this has become a, a, a pretty regular trend, is and, – and, and maybe I, sh- I don't know if I should give all the cre- credit to Cousins or the coaching staff or the whole team, whatever, to everybody. I love a passing game that spreads it around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and again, I don't know – I don't think that he's necessarily saying like, ooh, I got to give everybody two catches and three catches to keep them happy. It just seems like – the way they they um, make everybody a weapon is by not having anybody easily to target, mm-hmm. and that includes Sean Jackson. Now, um, as as we've talked about many times, and as they've continued to smartly do, you're aware that Deshaun Jackson once or twice is probably going to try and just burn everybody for a 50 yard bomb, but you can't you can't like actively defend that other than always have your best cover guy on him and always have a safety covering him. Which it's itself like opens up other people, but I just I love the fact that he throws it around. It's fun to watch, and I think it just makes for a better offense. He definitely does, and he, um, you know, I, it, it, sometimes even over the course of this year, uh, which which is becoming much like uh, the second half of last year, very statistically impressive for him individually. Um, you know, at points people would say, hey, you know, are, are you? what's the reason that, say, J- Deshaun Jackson specifically is not getting as involved maybe as he could? And he said just a couple weeks ago, listen, I'm, I go where my reads take me. And, you know, I think that's... Um, I think that's good and maybe a little bit bad. You know, I mean, you, you'd love to have... I mean, your ideal, uh, you know, stud quarterback maybe is, is able to kind of like... Um, improv, you know, make plays off schedule. We've talked about that. And, and so you, you, you would hope that he's not totally um, limited by and beholden to those reads. But, you know, I, I respect that, that he is is trying to stay within the play almost every time. And, um, you know, it's working for him. That's what that's why they've called him a game manager, but it's why he's such an incredibly good manager of this particular game or this system is because he does trust the reads. And as a result, when you've got so many good weapons um, – and, and and some smart play callers. That's what happens. You got a bunch of guys that are contributing. Um. So yeah, praise for Cousins. Praise for Jackson. Uh, there's a lot of talk on Twitter. I don't know if they talked about it during the game. I didn't hear the sound much, but uh, 
that Deshaun Jackson may be leaning towards go- going back to Philly. There was definitely a thought that he and Chip Kelly uh, weren't weren't compatible, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, but him going back there next year is that? It, 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 uh, has that been a story? Is that a news? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, until this week, it wasn't really like a national media story. But I think Schefter came up with that. I, I mean, I, who knows? Like what you know, what the source is or where, where that is. I think it makes sense. I've been thinking for weeks leading up to that that hey, if they don't, if the Redskins decide that he's not the one they're going to pay, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes back because I think he really enjoyed his time there. He was beloved. They need. They, they really need receivers. They've got a very weak receiver core, and it, it kind of makes sense in a lot of ways that he might go back. I don't know. You know, if the team is out there, kind of putting feelers out and expressing this interest. I mean, at some point you cross the threshold into some kind of tampering, I would think. But, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how formal it needs to get for it to reach that stage. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's a thing, and I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a threat. I think it could happen. Yeah, uh, interesting. Well, it, yeah, his, his money situation, his contract situation is going to be interesting regardless, but, but certainly it will be interesting, and, and even more so if he does. Uh, end up going there. Uh, we made some offensive line suggestions last week. I'm curious. We, you made some offensive line <laughs> suggestions last week. Um, and uh, I'm curious what you thought about their play today with some guys missing and what they did as far as uh, you know, filling those holes. Um, I thought the offensive line did a pretty good job today, even though they completely disregarded my suggestions. Um, the you know I had I had done all this somewhat theoretical uh, ruminating about maybe um, Trent Williams playing guard and and Ty and Secchi. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, sorry to interrupt you, but was I wrong? Did we create that stir? Did you? <laughs> uh, I I definitely think we contributed to it. I'm not gonna I'm not ready to say that we were the main impetus. But late in the week, Trent Williams had to come out and say he was not playing guard, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't. The, I certainly yeah. was not the first in in the DC uh, among media types to I, mention it, but. Yeah, heard of. <laughs> yeah we, we we contributed. Yeah, so anyway, they didn't do it. Uh, Ty and Secchi got the day off. Williams was really good at left tackle again. They did have some changes because John Sullivan's playing center with um, Spencer Long out. Ari Quanjo played left guard. I think it was only his second start uh, with Laveo out, and, and they held up pretty well. I know Fletcher Cox got two sacks. I'm not sure if there were others. Um, you know, but the offense... Uh, was pretty good overall for the day. I don't, I don't think either the center or left guard position held them back. So pretty good job. Excellent. No, like no huge stats, but um, but Fat Robs seemed to break off some nice runs, which obviously gives some credit to the offensive line. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm gonna stop you right there because he, he, oh, he was so money tonight. <laughs> I, I, he just. I watched a bu- I watched several of them over again, and I'm so falling so madly in love with this guy. He had some runs for zero and one yards. They were breathtaking, and then the touchdown run I think was twenty some. Just a gorgeous, gorgeous touchdown run with an insanely good block by Jameson Crowder. But um, what a what a good player! Like he's just not a fluke. This guy's legit. He's gonna stick around. Did you say he had some? runs for zero or one yards that were breathtaking i re- i rewound them and watched them again in slow-mo <laughs> they took your breath away they bre- <laughs> like, are you on seinfeld are you just throwing the breathtaking around <laughs> you know i mean the 27 yard bus coupled with and you stole me you beat me to it the jameson crowder awesome play of the day was <laughs> his block absolutely love me some fat rob kelly
SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year with SeatGeek. It's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found a shot for tickets. I could be anywhere. Just a few taps. I can find instantly seats for this weekend's game or any game all season long. Also, SeatGeek tells you the best value tickets there are, so it's not only good seats, it's a great price for them. Get $20 back when you use the SeatGeek app. Download the app. Go to the settings tab. Click add a promo code. Use the promo code BURGUNDY. That's right. Use BURGUNDY and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Use SeatGeek and enter the promo code BURGUNDY today. Uh, let's talk about the defense. How about that shutout third quarter? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Shut out third quarter. Respect That's it. some good cherry picking there. Uh, the defense <laughs> is a disaster. The Redskins defense is an unmitigated – okay, a, a barely mitigated disaster. A lot of bending without breaking, baby. Oh, a my lot gosh. Breaking. So it's clear now what they do is they let you have um, – Joe Barry's defense does not take away anything from you. They let you have whatever you want. You, you can do whatever you want to them. Um, what they'll do, though, is – uh, they'll they'll try to take away at least the, the the you know basically the bombs, and so they will make you uh, put together long drives, and they'll let you they they will let those lo- those drives uh, culminate in touchdowns unless you um, injure yourself basically by uh, you know unforced errors, turnovers, or penalties. So those are the situations in which the Redskins. Um, you know, prevent touchdowns. They're few and far between. But uh, hats off, at least at the very end. Okay, two two plays. Obviously, the, the basically the last play. Ryan Kerrigan's sack, strip, fumble that Trent Murphy recovered. That that was a genuinely excellent play by Kerrigan. And then um, a guy who really deserved to be uh, at the beginning of the podcast in my in my highlights is DeShazer Everett, the I think second year backup safety pressed into duty by injury to Will Blackman was outstanding today and his interception of uh, Carson Wentz uh, in the red zone in the first quarter I think maybe was the most important play of the game because if they had scored a touchdown there it would have been 10 nothing Eagles and it was starting already to look bad. Um, Everett made an outstanding interception. He later was uh, contributed in in two key injuries uh, to Eagles players and overall held his own and was a big part of the game. All right, I'm um, I'm a little disappointed, especially since we know that the Redskins uh, coaches are going to listen to this and they're going to hear you describe the defense in that way because you say uh, because what you described was the bend don't break philosophy. And but they is... break, they break too, they break way too much, and when they when they don't break, it's almost an accident. How many touchdowns did they give up today? Uh, I don't. I guess there was a there was the pick six. So uh, what did the Eagles get? Twenty two. Uh, maybe it was only two touchdowns. One touchdown, right? Or two touchdowns? Yeah. I guess. Okay. Okay. Two touchdowns. Look, they, look and a bunch of field goals. One, two, three field goals. Look at that. It's, That's breaking. And listen. Okay. Now it's here's the eye that, test, Hayes. This is where that strategy where you're overlooking things. The eye test. You need to do your eye test not on just your team. That's what you focus on. Yeah. I look at other teams, and the coaches are looking at film. 
and they see the record in the NFC, and they see a lot of shitty teams. They see the <laughs> NFC West with only one team over 500. They see the NFC South, it's a dumpster fire. They see the NFC North, that the Packers are going to win, even though they're 7-6 right now, and everybody knows they're going to win the division anyway. They're crappy teams, and they know. They're, they're watching the teams like the Giants tonight, where Eli's really, like, literally, he threw one pass, he threw, like, a blank. Like, he tried to throw the ball, and it just flew out the back. Like, nothing, you know, these are bad teams. If you make these offenses run 15 plays in a row, they are going to commit turnovers, they are going to have penalties, and they are going to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think bending and not breaking is a sound philosophy for this solid Washington's defense that put up another shutout third quarter and you need to start respecting. That's all I'm going to say about that. Flaming tire fire of a defense based mainly on hope and luck. Golly, unbelievable. Just no respect. Ryan Kerrigan is never coming back on the podcast. <laughs> Single him out for great plays because you keep on the defense. On the bus. Before I get any more upset about uh, your mischaracterization of this fantastic <laughs> I am moving into Brent's notes. Uh, let's start here. Brent's notes uh, for the first half. Almost deja vu. Almost deja vu. I wrote that at the end of Philly's opening drive where they stormed down the field, looked like they were going to score a touchdown, and the Redskins did end up holding them to a field goal. But it reminded me quite a bit of what had happened in the previous uh, two games um, with um, – uh, you know, just being unable to dictate the the pace or flow on that first drive, so it, it didn't. It did not seem like a good start. Yeah. Um, all right. Almost deja vu. What's that one? <laughs> That's the one we just did. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? That's the. Uh... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I really got you with that one. You completely got me, <laughs> J. J- <laughs> J-Matt almost TD Shea's pick. So there was, uh, shortly after that, there was a, a three-play sequence that included first um, um, the Eagles uh, almost scoring a touchdown uh, with Jordan Matthews just barely not getting his second foot in. And then two plays after that was the incredible interception by DeShazer Everett that, that I was talking about. So huge momentum swing right there. Very important for how the rest of the game played out, I thought. Hop miss. Uh oh. Yeah, he had a, he missed a shorty. So we were thinking last week that I think he was three for three and maybe off the Schneid. But um, you know he's he's still he's still fighting through something. I wonder if maybe he's injured. It's been a bad year for kicking all around. I wonder. But it what does that seem is. like that. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I guess you know, we're still adjusting to the number of extra points that are missed. But but it just seems the number of under forty yard field goals, which includes extra points, if it, it, you know, as far as range, just seems up. Anyway. Uh, Aguilar sucks, though. Aguilar sucks, though. It's a reminder that Nelson Aguilar really sucks, but the Redskins in the first quarter were making him look awesome. Uh, okay. I was wondering how Aguilar sucks, though, was uh, was going to work. Philly, fourth and three, 13, disrespect. Yeah, they. Uh, I think that was still in the first quarter, but they, they were going to go for it on fourth and three from the Redskins, 13, and there was a false start on Jason Peters, so they didn't get to run a play. But that was the first of several fourth down attempts um attempted conversions by the Eagles because they and I'm sure every other coaching staff in the NFL have realized how easily the Redskins can be had on fourth and short so they came prepared to do it several times they did they were largely successful except for that penalty 
As long as it's not fourth and short on the goal line, baby. Ben, don't break. Ben, don't break. Uh, Rob, untackable, 80 eraser block. I think this is the one we covered with yep. the uh, – anything else about that running play in particular? No, but the next one says skins running because they did have good balance, um, especially in the first half. They were uh, – Sean McVay sort of stayed true to what he said he would do, which was to not get away from the run early. So I think that was um, uh, forcing the Eagles to honor it was, was a big part of why they had even more success in the second half. Uh, your use of of uh, consecutive gerunds here has me thinking. It's I'm looking at the uh, twelve days of Christmas. Sk- <laughs> uh, twelve skins are running. Eleven blitz are failing. Uh, what's uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't put the number on there because that's somebody's actual number. But blitz failing is the next note. Blitz failing is because many fans have been calling for Joe Barry to basically run more extra pressure schemes and and blitzes. And in, at least in the first half, he was. But they just weren't getting home. I mean, he was bringing five and six, and uh, they just weren't really getting to Wentz. So I think part part of, you know, that he was having success because they weren't able to get enough heat on him, but it wasn't for lack of scheme. I mean, they just – Redskins at, at that point were not – were failing to reach him. Yeah, they tried too hard to be aggressive. Just sit back and bend, baby. Just sit back and bend. <laughs> um, bend, bend over. Uh, but, uh, Wither Breland. Poor Wither. Bush- Poor Bashad Breland. I just I miss him. I wonder where he's gone. He was uh, an up and comer for the Redskins in his first couple of years, and um, balling out in in, in uh, off season practices and preseason uh, this year, and expected to make the leap and pair with Josh Norman to be this elite tandem. But he, by most accounts, has really regressed and and struggled today. I'm, I'm not sure. There were some plays where they sort of exposed him on the broadcast that possibly for scheme reasons, weren't completely on him. But he, he had another poor game, and I, I just don't know if he's in his own head or what, but I um, I, miss, I miss the old Bashad. Yeah, for uh, for those who don't speak, you know, UVA frat, I should have clarified that that was W-H-I-T-H-E-R, Wither <laughs> Breland. Uh, but although it's fitting, W-I-T-H-E-R, Wither Breland seems to be fitting too. <laughs> Both accurate. <laughs> that, but, but Wither Breland is more befitting of of uh, the verbose uh, Brent. This time of year, you always disappear. You tell me not to call. You tell me not to call. And when the door is closed. Uh, all right, let's go to the second half. Eleven and flame emoji. I believe I know what that is. That's yeah. our our weekly check in down the field. And I, I think I even tried to go in slow-mo and see how far that ball was in the air by Cousins. I think it was close to 50, uh, 50 yards fully in the air for that uh, touchdown pass. Anything else on that one? He just did his thing. Cousins put just enough air under it, and you know there was a lot of talk for the reasons you said about that report coming out about possible reunion between Deshaun Jackson and the Eagles after this year, so people wondered is, is he can put a little extra mustard on his performance today, and I don't know if that goes into his thought process, but I mean, he was great. I think he only caught three passes, but he had not only that one, but another one later on the sideline where he just tiptoed to get both in. I mean, he was really good today. He was a, it was a classic Deshaun Jackson performance and a huge, huge con- uh, contributor to the win. It's got to be something to play with a receiver like that who can be a burner, uh, and because you know your whole your whole career, middle school, high school, whatever, you're you're if your guys you know streaking down the field on a post you're looking for him to have a step on a guy, you know what I mean? Or have a quarterback look at the wrong guy or whatever, you know, and, and, and break on him. And, and playing with Jackson, somebody has got to tell you, and it's probably just Sean Jackson to tell you like, Hey man, if I'm even with the guy after the first 20 yards, like still, I'm open. 
I've got th- three seconds. I, I'll be able to put three yards between yeah. me. Um, put and I and I probably run faster with the ball in the air. So you just got to learn to put it up there. He's got that easy speed. I mean, even when when he's hitting that that final gear and just dusting the guy, it doesn't look like he's trying that hard. It's beautiful. Yep. Um, run D useless. It's pretty self-explanatory. I gotta sit here, just take this. Run D. All right, Philly fourth and two insult. Is that more of the same? Yeah, the that's just. I think there were three, maybe four, four times when they at least intended to go for it on fourth, fourth down. So I, I, that's just gonna keep happening. LOL LS. That's LOL at the at their at their first long snap attempt on that on that field goal attempt after their starting long snapper went out. Did you see this? No. So uh, their start, Philly's starting long sapper is this guy John Dorenbos, I think. He was on some that dumb show, America's Got Talent or something. He's, that, he's literally a magician. And um, so <laughs> yeah. he's, he's actually a pretty good player too. I think he just got extended. So he got, a, he got hurt, and then they, their, their backup is, I think it was Brent Selleck was the next, next man up. And, uh, you know, he, he just sort of basically, it, it, was, it was an awful snap, and they didn't even get the kickoff. <laughs> I'm laughing at that magician. I can't. They shared his videos all summer, like because he, he went pretty far. I think, right? Didn't he? Yeah. I, he if he didn't win, he was a finalist. Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly how that show goes. But, but he, wait, there's more Hayes. If you didn't see this part, so then Selleck got hurt, uh-huh. and they and they went. They had to go three deep on the long snapping. I don't know how often this ever comes up, but they actually converted a field goal in the fourth quarter using a guy who probably had never even tried it in his life. They were like holding open auditions on the sideline in the fourth quarter to figure out who's the next guy. Uh, it's crazy when you think about. You know, I, I I spend a lot of time following college football, and so you get just so used to. I mean, when, when teams are at home, they've got like 100 dudes dressed out. On the road, they've got like 70 or 80. And so like like you said, even if even when they get to like three or four deep on a position, now the guy might suck, but it's going to be some walk-on who at least does the position every <laughs> Yeah. Like 50 dudes on the field, and like you're trying to have like two and three deep at, at you know your line positions, four, four or five deep at receivers and D-backs and stuff like that. Like the, the bodies add up pretty quickly, and you can't just have the luxury of like having – three extra dudes who won't play unless you know two or three guys get hurt at long snap and so yeah it's 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 a multi-skill thing it's always funny seeing when whenever like a quarterback gets hurt in a game and then like the backup quarterback takes a hard hit they instantly the first time the the back back gets hurt tv guys officially have to be like well here's the the third quarterback would be (laughs) sometimes i guess I think you could actually you can like dress your third QB even if you don't have him active that day. There, there's yeah. weird rules around QB, and there's also weird stuff about. Did you know like if you play a third QB, you can't bring the starter back in, which I yeah. know is like, a rare thing, but I don't know. It's right? Just, yeah, I think you're right about that. And then not to turn this into a long snapping podcast, but the really interesting thing here is um, ne- neither the the first nor second backup for the Eagles was their center. And this came up for the Redskins a few weeks ago, too, because their starting long snapper also got hurt, and they had to sign a dude off the street. But apparently the Redskins' backup long snapper in a pinch is Colt McCoy. So I'm wondering, how, how is it that all these teams have, like, their starting center in the regular offense is not even the third backup long snapper? That seems odd, doesn't it? Well, it's like you said, there's so many times. I mean, it's, it's so rare that it happens. that It's like it's just a value thing. How much yeah. time 
It's been happening. The, and and I, the, I guarantee you the reason why they do it with somebody like Colt McCoy is because he can't spend more time in practice doing it. And the rules now basically make it so that a long snapper just has to long snap. You can't hit that guy for like mm-hmm. five seconds. So yeah. like it, it, it's not really a disadvantage to have. But he, does, he doesn't really have to block. No, he just, you know that's the whole thing about these guys leaping over. It's, it's about you, you're not allowed to, to yeah. hit. He's allowed to just stick his head down between his legs and look at the punter until he catches it all the way in or whatever. So that'd be a hard job, especially going back and forth between the punt one and the the field goal one. You know what I mean? I don't know about hard job, high pressure job maybe. I think otherwise it's pretty glorious. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I feel like uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Um, all right, uh, Kelly receiving chops. Yeah. So Fat, Fat Rob, I think he he may have only had two receptions today, but caught two nice passes for big gains, and that was a big knock on him, or at least question coming into the game is whether uh, that was one part of his game that he had yet to prove was that he could be a pass catcher. But um, he made a couple nice plays out of the backfield today. I'm um I'm I'm like I'm concerned. I mean, you speak so negatively about the defense and so glowingly about the offense. I feel like we're going to get a rep of like, we're going to lose credibility. I mean, from breathtaking zero and one yard runs to like really having breakout uh, game for receiving with two catches. I just don't know what we're going to do about this. Thicky Bobby. That's my guy. Thicky Bobby. 88 uh, fade TD. We, we discussed this one already. Any more on it? No. Cause throw. Yeah. Let's power through these. Cuz throwback pick six. We're now calling this the Cuz Bone. Is that, that was, right? Yeah, that was his Cuz Bone. Anything particular about this one? No, I mean it, it was it was a huge play in the game and could definitely have cost the game. Just not a good play. Cut pretty much indefensible. Not not a good throw. Shouldn't have thrown it to Dej- to Deshaun on that play at all. But uh, he got burned. I love Cuz Bone. We, a hashtag Cuz Bone has to happen. <laughs> uh, Twenty four two point. PBU. Yeah, Norman, right after that touchdown, um, Eagles went for two, partly because they didn't have a long snapper, and Norman made an awesome uh, pass breakup, so they were Redskins were still up two at that point. Uh, Shays kill shot. So, yeah, did, did you see when he, um, the, the special teams play, when he when he blew up Darren Sproles? Yes. Uh, I, you know, so, <laughs> watching it live, I was like, man, maybe, maybe it was just a super violent hit, and he timed it perfectly. But no, 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 he definitely blew up Darren Sproles before that ball even got to him. Yeah, uh, did I tell you I, I played middle school football? Have I ever told you this? <laughs> no. Yeah, I wanted to like a. My, I mean, the team was sorry that we didn't win a game, um, and that's yeah, you know, I could make the team, um, but like. Yeah, I, I played a, actually a fair amount of like backyard football. I talk to people now. You know, everybody played a little bit. Like we played almost every day in the fall that we could. We, we if we get four or six guys together, we would play and we would tackle. We like hit each other. So I was not a tough guy by any means. I didn't fight people, but like I wasn't a wimp. Like well, yeah, I played with dudes bigger than I was, knocked each other around. So you're scrappy. You're gritty. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Exactly. I'm white. Um, so then I, uh, I, I played middle school football partly because I, yeah, by the time I was in eighth grade, I think I realized like, I'm never going to play high school football, which means I'm never going to like put on a helmet and pads unless <laughs> now. Right. Um, and I just thought, you know, um, I liked football, want to do it. So I played football and I mean, again, we're teams terrible and the, and the coach is basically teaching, you know, half the team, how football, you know, I'm learning, Positions like guard, center, and tackle. I've watched the game for years. I know some of these names, but I'm really learning, you know, 
whole you know gaps and holes and formations for the first time it's like it's basically a football class as much as it is practice so there's a lot of things that we don't get to before the first game including much punt coverage. <laughs> so like my highlight hit of my career <laughs> is absolutely as a gunner when i just blew some dude up with the ball in the air you know, just not, did not even look for the fair catch signal, which he you know, which he made, and uh, and I just got. <laughs> I feel like a total badass. I mean, I just crushed this dude only to get up. I mean, it was like dirt. I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm I'm total total ignorance, and and I'm sure if it, it, yeah, total innocent. But if you watched it on replay, it just looked like I was like, nah, screw it, I'm going right through this dude, totally illegally. So. Um, we're, we're not we're not going to cover um, my organized football career because it'll just compromise the credibility of the podcast even further. Um, then, <laughs> yeah, even further. Uh, we we know we know what side of the ball you played on. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that's right. Fourth and one, empty eighty-eight. Uh, that was on a really interesting play on that final drive uh, when they were um, cruising down for for that last touchdown when they had a fourth and one. Uh, and they they lined up and they called a timeout and they came back out in empty set with five wides and then threw a quick um, a quick strike to Garcon um, uh, Cousins' trusted uh, chain mover. So I, I just thought that was that was kind of a bold move that ended up paying off. But uh, fourth and one empty backfield and then Garcon made a huge play. CTTD seventy one block. That's uh, Chris Thompson. That's I right. Said- yeah, yeah. He, he, he at the time it seemed maybe maybe it was it was too too fast or too easy a score because he left almost two minutes on the on the clock. But that was an awesome play and um, seventy one Trent Williams had a sweet um, block out in the second and third level on that on that run. So good to have him back on that play. Yeah, and darn good thing he wasn't playing left guard either. He might not have been there to make. <laughs> Uh, D, D, let me look at this. Now can see these notes. Instead of ninety-one hero as the note, it says D sucks, but ninety-one hero. Unbelievable! This cry. It's unbelievable the hate you put on the defense. Uh, well, I, hey, I call it like I see it. The D sucks, but yeah, ninety-one was the hero at the end. That was a nice play. Um, those were Brent's notes. If you'd like to sponsor Brent's notes, get in touch with Brent. Did I make you cry on Christmas Day? Did I let you down? We don't often do a lot of preview, but like we said, it's going to be the Carolina Panthers next week, and particularly of importance like we said this week we saw uh deshaun jackson going against a former team which and uh, this week we'll be seeing josh norman going against a former team do you have expectations uh are you as optimistic that josh's return will go as smoothly as uh deshaun jackson and obviously it wasn't the first time deshaun had faced philly but um and this will be the first time that josh has faced the panthers but how, how you feel it'll go I'm pretty nervous. I I, I think uh, I'm starting to get over my um, uh, prohibitive phobia of uh, primetime games uh, because of what the the Redskins were able to do recently against the Packers on a Sunday night. But this Panthers team, uh, they they haven't had the year they expected. Uh, I I think they're a very good team. I think their roster is probably more talented than the Redskins roster. I think Cam Newton always has and probably will continue to give the Redskins defense fits. Um, I mean, I'm not taking them lightly at all. I think this is, this is going to be a very tough game. 
Uh, specifically on Norman, though, uh, any thoughts on that? He, uh, he He's clearly excited about it. Somebody asked him about it after the game. They said, when are you going to start looking forward to the next week? And he said, I already am. And he kind of laughed and said, it's going to be a fun week. They know what time it is. So he yeah. knows that they're going to have something special for him. I mean, you know, as a as a defender, it's not. I'm not sure that there's so much uh, he can do to plan something special. He's just going to have to, um, you know, bring bring his A game. And you know that probably more so than any game this year, he's going to want to he's going to do something. Hopefully, uh, for, force a turnover. And if he can get in the end zone, that would probably be the highlight of his year. Yeah, he's one of those, and we've talked about that, that Steve Smith s quality, where like. You, you know, you, you're always a little worried that he's going to get a, a 15-yard penalty. But at the same time, even when he does it, he's usually smart about doing it, not at a big time. It's like after he's made a 30-yard gain, and then he'll get up and just, like, you know, get in some dude's face after that and then cost you 15 yards. And it's really just about making sure that he's, at, you know, on that intensity level where he plays the best. I, I'm not just saying this because, you know, I will be pulling for the Panthers in that game. I would be a little worried about Josh being overhyped, being mm-hmm. one of those. You know the situations where he lets you get the best of him, um, but uh, but obviously it'll be fun and it'll be the storyline to watch. I think that he, um, it, you know, he and, and he doesn't really. I don't think there's any personal beef with it. You know, like I said, there's no um, as a defender, there's no wide receiver, there's no big A wide receiver to really talk to. You know, he and Cam had a training camp fight one time, right. so yeah, just need to see if they hit each other. And then the other thing, and I feel like Josh. He's going to play into it being a storyline because that's who he is. And so, again, I feel like he almost will need to, like, almost manufacture this. Yeah, I'm super excited whether or not he is. But, and not to go too deep into the situation, we talked about it, I think, at the time. It wasn't the, it wasn't the usual, we don't want to pay you or we're pissed or we're running you off. He fired his agent and there was a little bit of a, the Panthers didn't like dealing with his agent. And Josh didn't really like how ultimately his agent representative. So I don't think there's necessarily that animosity. Like, yes, the Panthers could have done something a little bit differently. Norman maybe could have done a little bit differently in expressing his desire to be there. Um, but it, it, it doesn't quite have the, you know, we don't think you're as good as you think you are. We're cutting you. You're gone type yeah. thing. Sometimes but like with Steve Smith, it was, we, we don't think you have any more good seasons left in you. And he's like, damn it. I think I got three or four left in me. Right. And he wanted to prove that. With, I don't think it was quite that emotionally high-strung with Josh, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got mostly love for the players. So, you know, so, I mean, yeah, he beefed with Cam a little bit one time. But, I mean, those teammates, you know, I'm not sure. I think he's, it's probably, if anything, the organization that he wants to make a point to. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not expecting a lot of, like, hostility or on-field confrontations there because those were his boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, however it goes down, we will see it and we will be talking about it here on Burgundy Blogcast. For Brent, I am Hayes. I'm moving back to So much for integration. Don't know what I was thinking. I'm moving back to Southside.